You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Thank you, guys. God, they're consistent. Every week. They just play their... They know that song. They nail it. 12.02.49.50. Clock's ticking, folks. You're in the afternoon. It's 3RRR-FM. And you've joined us. Yeah. Hey, how good is that? On this awesome Melbourne day, what I think they were saying forecast for something like 28, blue skies and sunny. Yep. It's good. As we discover whether the air conditioning is working in the car, probably. <laughs> yes, for the uh, first time this season, maybe. Yes. Come on. There's some people that are... Uh, I met someone at the uh, Queen Victoria Market heading up to Dalesford. Big mm. good day to you. Um, whatever you're doing, hope you're having an awesome Sunday. Looking back mm-hmm. over our shoulder yes. of time. Time slipping over the shoulder. We thank everybody who was here uh, this morning, um, especially I caught a little bit of radio marinara. I caught a little bit of radiotherapy with the excellent Kaz Cook. Yes. And uh, scientists, well, we don't really listen to them because we're just really... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It is true. Come on. So we normally get here about 11 and we're messing around with coffees and croissants and things, and uh, uh, which is a shame because Shane's standing there right now. I'm sure it was a great show, Shane. Yeah, was he a good show, mate? That's right. He's not listening to us. He's he's not listening to us anyway. So he got got us back. (laughs) See what he did there? Zing. Just dissed us. Um, What have we got on today's show? Um... You might be interested to know mm. that there is such a thing. Right, okay, let me no backtrack. Yes, I've had some exotic things in my life. Really, oh, oh the times you oh had. the times I had eating <laughs> things like frogs' legs. Yes, and what's the most exotic thing you've had? Oh, geez, uh, I can't really think on on the spot. I've, I've yeah. been lucky enough to have abalone maybe three or four times. Yeah, that's a bit exotic. Never really loved it, if I'm honest. <gasps> I know you, mummy hit. Well, anyway, we'll move on. We're, we're, we're not judging here, are we, folks? Mm. No, we are not. Um, and then, look, okay, rather than just, you know, go into the, the back cupboard of exotic ingredients. Yes. Snail caviar. There you go. Just let that hang and let you can just get you in your mind. What does your mind say? Snail caviar. Snail caviar. Would monsieur like some snail caviar? See, I... The mind, and this is good that we've got our guest coming on yes. to explain this, because the mind boggles as to how you would extract such a thing, because snails... And how do snails have sex? <laughs> right. Right. Because you once posted that really creepy video of uh, um, Salmon Row, and it just, just, oh, it just yes. looks weird. But at least the salmon is solid and has a bone structure. And is a fish, and you sort of go, yeah, yeah it's not yeah. a chook, but they do lay eggs. And... Yeah, yeah. Whereas a snail doesn't really have much to sort of... To cling on to, to I, I don't know. Yeah, let's find out. Yeah, so there's lots of questions we ask. Also, uh, we were when we were searching for the actual word that describes the movement of a snail. Yes, because it doesn't slide. No, because that, that implies a lack, lack of, of friction. friction. It doesn't uh, uh, undulate. It doesn't crawl. No, because what does it do? I don't know. We, 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 big questions. Big questions. Oh yes, and uh, you suggested to mm. me. Uh, that I put a photo up of the snail caviar so people could have a look. Yeah, because I was the first thing I thought was, well, what does that look like? And it looks, yeah. it's, so it's white and it's similar in size. They are to, like pearls. They look yeah, like yeah. pearls. And it's similar in size to sort of salmon row. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, we're going to find that out. So yeah. if you want to go and have a look at that, uh, Instagram, Cam Smith Eat It. Yes. Um, you can have a look. You can have a preview. It's like a preview <laughs> pic. Uh, it's there and it's a thing. 
Um, Sarah Bailey. Um, she's in East Gippsland, and I met her um, when I was up there for this uh, glorious dinner that we did at the Lindenau, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Lindenau um, Hall. Were you lucky enough with good weather out in regional Victoria? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was just, just awesome, and there was some fabulous food and people, and we need to talk more about East Gippsland at some later yes. stage. Uh, would love to do that. So anyway, so we've got the first segment. We've introduced it, and it's twelve oh six. Geez, we better get a move on. Mm. We will have a long market report. Um, yes. Ish. Um, both uh, John and I were very hungry, so we just started talking <laughs> about dishes we wanted to cook. Yeah, so, right. so it was kind of oh, I wouldn't mind that. Well, I'd do that next to anyway. So th- this would also explain why you arrived into the studio with two or three pastries and a boric. Yes, <laughs> you just overcompensated. I did. I needed. We needed to eat something <laughs> and had a delicious coffee with it. Uh, so yeah, market report and um, it's festive season. And um, I was thinking about it. it is, it's we didn't really mark that this year, but the start of silly season. Oh, we the bell has rung. Oh, it sure has. Mm. The horses have left the track. Yes, you could say because yeah. they've gone round and done that a couple of times. And they've gone. Yep. Uh, but there's still lots of office parties and things to yes endure to get through. <laughs> Yes. Successfully, <laughs> you know, to navigate successfully. Um, so, yes, that's happening. And uh, what better drink to uh, conjure up? It's a new style. Mm. But it's something that I think we've all taken to, like a duck will take to water. Yes. I talk about the Italian sparkling wine. Yes. What's it called? It's called Prosecco. Prosecco. And I remember it's probably, God, it was probably only 15 years ago I had my first ever glass of Prosecco. And it was uh, Del Zotto Prosecco. Yeah. And it was served to me. This is an Italian-style sparkling, and there's only one grower in uh, Victoria producing it. And now look at it go. Yeah, was that, that wasn't here. We didn't do it on air. No. I, I remember I brought a bottle in, and I was, the, the amazing thing was, first of all, it had a crown seal. You yes. just got a bottle opener. Which is easier, people. It's just easier to have yeah. a crown seal. Uh, Melissa Brow, the Prosecco queen. Yes. What uh, is happening about Prosecco? I mean, you know, she's all over it. Mm. Yeah, and, and uh, a great advocate for it, and and also is one who will sh- throw champagne flutes over her shoulder. Oh, really? Uh, well, I hope you didn't do that here. No, we'll find out about that a little bit later right. on, though. Um, but um, shall we do, um, first of all, um, mm-hmm. Sisto's funeral? Ah, yes. So um, we were, we marked the man uh, last week. The yes. funeral, the state funeral, um, is held this Tuesday. 10.30, a.m. It's at St. Pat's Cathedral, which is the big one up near Parliament. Yep. I got confused. I think it was the one near Fed Square. It's not the big one up near Parliament. Um, you would have been racing up bloody Flinders Street. I would have been, You would have been going, oh, my God, I'm going to be late. And ca- if you can't squeeze into the cathedral itself, um, I think Fed Square also showing it on the big screen. So if you want to gather around uh, a few like-minded people and you have the time on Tuesday to celebrate the man. A great mark of the man and a way to mark the life of the man. Yes, agreed. And it was great. Again, I caught the tram today, the number 96, and uh, good to see the doors of Pellegrini's open. Yes. Still a lot of flowers in there and a lot of sadness, but uh, they will trade on. It's good. Yes. Um... Okay, that's all right. I know, yeah, all right. Um, Well, all right. Well, it is 12.09. We're getting close to 12.10. Maybe we just mark with a very, very quick. What's What's that in your mouth? mouth? Okay. What's that in your mouth? Um, You said you'd been disappointed by croissants. Oh, just briefly, um, we were talking before the show because you did bring in a beautiful pan au chocolat from the. uh, I did, from it. Yeah. And I contrasted this. I was in Sydney earlier the week. I was travelling for work and um, staying at a, you know, you know, generic five star hotel with generic, the, generic five star. the generic hotel breakfast and yes. uh, had a pan au chocolat there. And geez, you just can't get away with bad pastries anymore, can you? Because I, I had a month. People of my, know. Oh, this is rubbish. 
people um, know. And we were talking about um, your travels through Geelong earlier this week and uh, how there's good food now. Just just sort of moving through the suburbs into other parts of Victoria. Um, and I said, you can go to most suburbs now and go find a good cafe with good coffee and good pastries. And and great bars, great ramen. Yes. Um, and I was speaking uh, absolutely about Little Mallop Street in Geelong. And it's funny, it's like... How do we put this nicely? You know the Esplanade, the the mm. waterfront there. Yep, tourist trap. It is a bit, isn't it? It's just awful. It's a beautiful. You get your salt and pepper calamari. Yeah, Crown like, Lager. It looks, that? looks no, no, beautiful. It's got, not quite that. Bad. But there's nothing good. I think there used to be a smorgies out there too. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but Little Mallop Street. Oh my God, just hipster heaven. Mm. Um, and uh, the Hot Chicken Project. Mm. Had some very, very naughty, naughty fried, you? hot fried chicken. I shouldn't have done it, but oh my God, it was so good. Anyway, it is twelve eleven here on three Triple R FM. Um, we are increasingly living in a beautiful food state, a state of great food. Yes, we're very lucky. Um, and it's um, because – actually, just one last thing just going on, and it's about the sprawl of Melbourne and the fact that because everybody is moving out and escaping the prices of the city, mm. there has to be good food. It follows, doesn't mm, it? It does. And we're, we're very, very lucky for it. Um, we're going to Gippsland. To yes. Lake's entrance, we're going to talk to Sarah Bailey, uh, Gippsland Pearls, and we're going to find out about snail caviar. And as I said, if you want to see a picture of uh, said snail caviar, uh, have a look at Instagram, Camp Smith Eat It, and mm. you can have a look at these little pearls. Yes. They are quite pearly. And, and tell you what you think the name is for snail motion. Yes, please. Oh, yeah, if you could put <laughs> that on, that'd be is. awesome. Yeah. Undulate? No, we no. did that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Triple R. 12.13 here on 3 Triple R. We're coming to you from the glorious climbs of East Brunswick. Mm. We're a little bit far away from the water here, uh, but we, using the magic of the telephone, will be heading east along the Princess Highway, or along the coastline, actually, is a better, nicer way to sort of, we're going to paint a visual picture of it, until we get to glorious lakes entrance, where I'm sure the sun is sparkling off the water, and we have on the line Sarah Bailey. A very, very good afternoon to you, Sarah. How are you doing? Good. It is very sunny down here at the moment. Is it sparkling? Yes, the water's sparkling out there and the wind's not blowing too hard, so it's quite a nice day out. Yeah, now, how long have you been um, living in this uh, glorious part of Victoria? I have been in East Gippsland for uh, coming up on 12 years. Hey, okay. Are you a local No, yet? sorry. Sorry. Australia for years and East Gippsland for eight years. Okay, so you regarded yeah. sort of as a local yet? I think so. Yeah, and, yeah. You've, and you've been looking after the animals there because um, you accredited uh, your accreditations, your academic credentials, shall we say, is uh, you are a vet. Yes, and I, I still practice. Yep. So that's, that's sort of the, I guess, the day job in a way. That's um, I'm part-time as a vet in mm. Orbost. And what an amazing, uh, <laughs> what an amazing, uh, I don't know if we, uh, the day job, the nighttime job, the moonlighting. <laughs> there we go. That's uh, I've, I found it. I got there. I've landed it. Uh, so what, how did you get into this in, insane moonlighting angle? And tell us a little bit about it. Uh, we, my partner Cheryl and I came across a story about a snail farmer, um, who's no longer farming, I think. Yes. Uh, years ago. In and, France? Uh, no, in Victoria. I think they were in the Yarra Valley. Oh, really? 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and sort of planted the seed, went, oh, you can, you can do that here. S- snails do that. Snails do that. You can mm. farm snails. Yes. And when we looked for a change of direction for the property, we started looking at the snail industry. Yes. Um, and began keeping some snails. Uh, in in the guest bedroom, that's a good spot for your snail. Yes, right. You, you guests love it when they're there. Oh, absolutely! Bloody hell! <laughs> and, they cause um, havoc with the sheets. I tell you that much. Yes. Yeah, it, they're pretty busy at night, so it's, yeah. it can be hard to sleep. Yes. So we um, we started doing that and looking into the industry and decided that we were we didn't want to do the meat part of the industry, which is you more the, the part that people are more familiar with the go. Yep. Yeah, um, and we found out that you can farm their eggs, and that's how we've come across the caviar. First of all, what does a snail egg taste like? Um, the snail eggs uh, pop, so you pop them in your mouth. Yeah, so they pop. Um, are they about the same size as a salmon row, or they look a little bit smaller? They're about three to four millimetres in diameter. Three to four. Well, a salmon rose getting close to about five or six, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it's yeah. about half the size of a of a salmon row. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're not salty like your your seafood-based ones. Nope. Um, they're, they're much earthier, and they, they do have a bit of the flavour of what's around them. Oh, so um, a little bit of terroir. Yes. Yes. A bit of the earth. Yes. Because they're, they're in the dirt. So uh, obviously, when you serve them, they're not in the dirt anymore. No, you have clean to clean them up. Yeah, no, you, 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 song, <laughs> songs dirt uh, would be the way to go with with that one. Um, and so let's describe. So they're about three mil across. They do look like pearls. Um, yes. Uh, they're sort of uh, translucent, shiny. They look quite. Like, yeah, they look kind of good. Um, and so. If they are, they're very different to the uh, the marine equivalent. What mm. sort of flavours do you marry them with? I mean, so we're we're still developing um, what our final product will be. So, yes. Yeah. Instead, uh, we should say that it's not available commercially at the moment. You think no. about six months? Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping in the six months we'll be able to launch our first um, version of it. Yes. So we're playing with how much, how do you preserve them and get that shelf life there. Um, without uh, masking their flavour. So if you put them in a lot of salt, a really strong brine, yeah, you're going to end up destroy with... It. Yeah, you're going to end up with what we already have, a salty egg. Yeah, and this is... So This is a lot more subtle. This seems yeah. it's going to be a lot more subtle and, um, and as you say, tasting of the earth, going towards like... Um, uh, what do we, you know when you talk about um, uh, a good pinot, or my favourite kind of pinot, is when you talk about forest floor. Yes, and... Um, the forestry flavors. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Got you. Um, and all right. Well, how do snails have sex? Um, snails oh, wait, are hermaphrodites. Oh, oh, okay, yes. So we've got to start there. The, all snails are male and female. So they're fluid. Yes. 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 Um, but they do not have sex with themselves. They still need another snail to have sex. Right. Okay. So they start by... Um, Playing a bit of music? No, sorry, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, they can play some music if yeah, they want. Yeah. They start with what's called a love dart. Please go so, on. <laughs> so one snail sends out a dart to the other um, 
to initiate. And over the next four to 12 hours, um, they um, have sex with each other. Yeah. Boy parts go in, girl parts, girl parts receive boy parts. Yeah. Barry, both I, of I'm, them do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So both of them will put out the penises into the other snail. And while Barry White's playing. Yes. Yes. Yep. We're trying to figure out which music they like the best. Oh, yes. Yeah, and apparently yeah. I, when we met, which was, it was great to meet you, I remember you saying you – I think you came home one night and uh, you said it was like finding um, the teenagers sort of – Going for it on the couch. <laughs> we we hatched our first baby snails last year about this time, yeah. a little bit later. Yes. And my partner came in to do take care of the snails one evening, and two of our babies who had hatched last year and are therefore you know our, our first generation yeah. um, were beginning to have sex. Going it, for it. We didn't know they were old enough to do that yet. Yes, my God. <laughs> what are you doing? Get off the couch. Um, okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, all right. So, uh, the, all right. So we've got past the um, that awkward sort of um, having doing it sort of thing. Um, yes. Ha- then, how long is the gestation period? How long before the eggs are produced? How many are produced? Uh, and how often do they produce them? I suppose would be the next logical sequence. So they've so they've had their four to twelve hour intercourse, okay. and because snails do things slowly, they're teaching yeah. us to go slow. <laughs> yes. Or they were going, well, it happened so fast. (laughs) Fast for them, slow for us. Yes, exactly. So they take take about two weeks to develop their eggs. Two weeks. Well, that's quick. Yeah, okay. And then you need to give them the right environment to lay their clutch of eggs. Yes, so it's in a clutch. We've learned some stuff the hard way. One of our wild-caught snails got very sick, and it's because he didn't have the environment to lay the eggs in, and we put the environment, the dirt, in that they wanted, and that snail virtually raced towards that soil and, and, and laid the biggest clutch we've ever seen. So the poor thing crossed its legs for over a month. <laughs> and I love the word <laughs> virtually raced. It's still, <laughs> still, still that thing. Okay, and uh, so uh, how many eggs in, in a clutch? Um, we measure it more in grams, but if you count the eggs, it's probably uh, 50 to 70 Whoa, eggs per, that's per a clutch. Lot. Okay, that's and that. And you get it from both of those snails in that mating. God, oh, wow. So I see what you so mean about crossing your mating, legs. Yeah, yes. so from one mating, you actually get two snails laying. Yes. And so you get, say, 100 to 140 eggs. How fascinating. Okay, and then how long before they can lay again, or, or can they lay again? What's... What happens? Well, that, that bit's a bit debatable. So when we mm. started and we were looking at how you look after your snails online, mm. that's where everybody starts, and we looked at other farms, and they said they only reproduce a couple times a year or maybe at best six times. And our snails seem to go through sprints and lulls, and it mm. seems to be very weather-dependent. Um, what sort of weather? Uh, um, they like it to be the correct temperature. So they, they like cooler weather, kind of in your new, low 20s, high teens. Mm. They want to have as much moisture as you can pump into the air. Yeah, right. So we've, we've got a humidifier in with them. Um, and they also need the correct amount of daylight. Yes. And they really like fresh air. So you can't just keep them in a, in a stuffy, closed environment right. um, because they begin to suffocate. Cool and steamy, but with uh, circulating air. Yeah, and the correct music in the background. Yeah, Barry White. I'm, I'm going with Barry White. I'm, I really oh, yeah. will. Um, so, 
the um, the thing is that we might start seeing these in in restaurants. Have you had uh, much interest from the high end of town and around the state for for these things? So we've had a lot of interest because it's the first time they're in Australia. Yep. Um, so it's raised a lot of eyebrows. I bet. Well, it's raised um, one. But being able to translate that into what, where are they going to be and, and when mm. is um, a much more mysterious question. Yes. Because we don't, we can't actually bring it to the chefs yet. Um, nor do we want to get them really, really excited and and banging down our door and rushing it yeah. um, when we can't then follow up. So we got to, so yeah, so like these we've, snails, we've you don't want to... We've got to be able to deliver the goods. And don't peak too early on these yeah, things. Yeah. All right, and last question before we let you go, Sarah. Um, what's the word for the movement of a snail? <laughs> I Look, when they're going up something, I say they're climbing it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but and that's look, going there. Yep. Um, they, their, their foot, what they're actually using is a muscular foot. So it's a muscular contraction that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they've got that, that slime they produce, the slime trails you see, to, to make it slippery enough to get along. Yep. Oh, and uh, one last, just got in the last few seconds we have left. Um, <laughs> I hear that this, uh, the cosmetic industry is uh, agog for snail slime for uh, as a... That's another thing. Are you going to yeah. get into that as well? Um, we we haven't gotten into it yet because the way they collect the slime mostly is by stressing the snail and then they secrete the slime. Oh. But there is somebody in Europe, yeah. um, I think in Italy, who has developed a snail pleasure center to get the... <laughs> <laughs> so if we can get... Um, if we can have a way of collecting the slime... Yeah. Without stressing the snail, we'd be quite happy to look at that. And that's what this, this guy is developing over there, is collecting that slime right. in a pleasurable manner. All right, so Gippsland Pearls and possibly coming soon, the Lakes Entrance Snail Pleasure Centre. Yes, mm, yes. With Barry White Making playing in the background. Making every snail's life better. Oh, my God, yeah. Just <laughs> gusts of delight around. Um, Sarah, look, good luck with that. Um, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Uh, we'll keep in touch, and you keep in touch with us that uh, yes. when you do get it going, uh, we'd love to talk to you because, uh, as I said, I didn't even know that was a thing. It is a thing. It's, we're doing it. It's Sarah. a thing, and you're doing it. Sarah, thank you very much, and say hello to your partner, and yep. um, thank you for having a chat to us here on 3 R RFM. Thank you. Oh, and some music perhaps, Ken. Oh, look, I think music. Barry, what? <laughs> a little bit more upbeat. Okay, yeah. fair enough. All right, here I am at the market, folks. I promised John I'm not going to sneak up on him. G'day, mate. Hello, how are you? You got new scales? Uh, no, I've had that for a little while. You remember Rose worked for me? Yeah. When she started, she couldn't count because um, if you're not used to doing maths in your head all the time, yeah. you can be really, really slow. Yeah. So instead of using the old scale, I bought an electric scale. It was time to move with the times as well. Oh, I like it. But then after a month, she got used to the mathematics coming really easy. Didn't want to use electric anymore, so we still <laughs> use the old clock scales. But she's moved on, and, and uh, yeah, we've got the scales. And the, and the scales remain. Now, I've got something for you from Robbie. Have you uh, had a cherry yet? Yeah, I have, and it's breaking my heart because oh, why? traditionally cherries in Victoria always started first in November. You could be guaranteed. Yep. And then when they planted all the beautiful cherries in Young and New South Wales, mm-hmm. we'd sometimes get them a week or two before. Mm-hmm. But we're a good way through November yeah. and we've got these little cherries that 
um, marginally, well, the size of a hazelnut in the shell. Yeah, you can good, understand good, what I mean. Good call. Yes. They're beautiful and dark and sweet and juicy, but by now we should have had big ones, bigger than your thumbnail. So it's not happening, which is worrying me. These are the cherries that I buy. I usually wait. These are 13 bucks a kilo. Um, there's a bit of cherry flavour. It's a little, slightly watery. A little bit, yes, because yeah, uh, they have had um, a little bit of heat and a lot of water as well. So, um, But, yeah, hopefully... Uh, the proper season will start soon, yep. and we'll have some quality fruit. I'm not shy of paying twenty, twenty-five for big, beautiful fruit with for a, a small stone. Yeah. Even a kilo, if you have to spoil yourself. Hey. Yeah, you know, life hey, short. You got to do these buyer. things. Okay, and there's a few things that uh, that we're out scouring around with our eyes. Um, I did have a chat to Robbie. Someone was asking him for lychees, and uh, he was saying, "Yeah, there's some here, but." Not yet, because apparently he was saying that they um, the flesh sticks to the stone early in the season. Yes, it does, and they're not full of juice and that yeah. bang flavour that they have. Mm. Um, actually, even my son Joseph was asking about them yesterday, and I said to him, well, no, you'll have to wait, because uh, I taught him how to eat beautiful lychees. Um, he's been lucky he's never had to eat them out of a can like we had to before. Oh, yes. I seem to remember that, you know, that classic thing, Lychees and vanilla ice cream from a well, tin. Yeah, especially That's still a good flavour. They had a lot of flavour, and they still do. You can still buy them. But yeah. when you've got them fresh, there's nothing better than buying some uh, just at the right stage. Mm. If they're overripe, they go a dark colour, and, yeah. and they're a bit past it. So yeah. got to buy them at the right stage at the right price. All right, so lychees, wait. I do notice that, uh, wow, the time's moving on. As you say, it's... Uh, where are we now? We're, almost, we're mid-November, and um, I'm seeing the first apricots across there. Six bucks, that's pretty good. Uh, for the early apricots, yes, six dollars. Okay, later on they'll be a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I actually stole some from one of my mates when I was walking through the market Wednesday morning, yeah, um, yeah. and I ate two of them, and they were gorgeous. I love fresh apricots. Oh, they're the best. Um, unfortunately, they're a little bit squishy, but that's the way I like them too. Yeah, so yeah. as long as they're not woolly inside, which some of them can be, um, you get disappointed when you find the woolly one, but if you find a good one, even if they're smaller, it doesn't matter as long as the flavour's there. It's when you open it up and then there's that sort of that, that dark orange flavor, uh, colour in there that you know you've got a good... Uh, uh, yeah, and the juice and the fragrance and you've eaten it. It's like eating a good tomato an hour later. You can still remember the flavour. Yep, and they make a good jam too. All right, um, so... Show and tell. We've got a few things here that uh, you wanted to show. The tomatoes are going off by the looks of it. Yeah. Do I start with the small ones? You want to go? Yeah. We've got little cherry tomatoes on the stem. Cherry trust. They're really nice. They've got a vibrant red colour. There's 15 to 20 on the stem. People have been taking them home and eating them in a salad. They've been putting them into a um, baking dish and drizzling them with olive oil and putting them in the oven. A little bit of salt on top. They Hot need oven. The salt. They like bang. You yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Intense sort of burst of That's meat. right. It goes great next to a piece of fish. Grows great next to what else? Steak. Yeah, um, just, a beautiful ciabatta a slice. Oh, wait, hang on, what, what's that? So what a do we do? beautiful ciabatta slice. Yeah, so you do that and you then A little bit of top. olive oil on the yeah. top and then the tomato on top of that and squish them down with a fork. Oh, yeah. And then when you eat, you get that bang in the mouth and the good oh. olive oil. And the intense, because it's quite an intense tomato-y flavour you get from these little guys. Yeah, definitely. So, and um, yep. they're, they're out of South Australia as well. And I bought a box with a medley of tomatoes. Now, 
Unfortunately, they were picked right, but on the way to the Vic Market, we all got wet, me and the tomatoes. So mm. Some of them have got a little bit of a darker colour on the skin, but beautiful. This one's an ox heart. Um, looks like a purse, you know, the wrinkled up purse on one end. Oh, yeah. Beautiful fat butt on the other side. Yep. Um, and there were black Russians. Oh, there's one left here. This flavor. one. Flavour. Flavour. Um, this is a 7 out of 10. All right? Not my favourite, but still very good. Yep. Uh, a lot of people like to cook with them when they're very, very ripe. Yes. The black Russian that was beside it, this one's the last one that's left, and it's a little bit wrinkled on the skin. But still, if you cut that off and slice it, it's full of juice, colour and flavour. Yeah. Uh, now, this and is another one to have maybe on a bit of ciabatta. Oh, definitely. Or this could even make a good um, sauce if you just... Have you ever seen the sauce where you make the instant tomato sort of sugar, just grate the tomato? You get a grater and just grate the thing. Yeah, that's Greek style. What I do is... Oh, OK. I, I, um, we put the pasta on and uh, you, you cut the bottom and the top off the tomato and float it on top of the pasta. Then you put your basil in the bowl with garlic and salt. So the basil's in the bowl. In yes. the bowl. You pull the tomato out of the pasta a few minutes before you're about to serve it. Yeah. And then you mush it up with a potato masher. You get rid of your frustrations like that. And then you yeah. pull your pasta out and chuck that on top in a plate. It's the best summer sauce you can make. Oh, my God. You've got to try it. It's all sugar okay. and all the oils come out of the basil and the garlic. Yeah. Because that, that hot... T- okay, so let's just do it again. Spaghetti. We're just doing spaghetti. Let's yes, spaghetti. Round, round noodles. You you put the spaghetti in, then you put the tomato on top. Tomato on top. Float that on top. Yeah, and then when you see that the skins have split, yes. even if your pasta's not quite ready yet... Drag that out. Drag them out, throw them on top of the basil and the, the garlic. Garlic. And mash them up. Yes. And then you pull your pasta out, drain it quite well because you've got a lot of juice in your tomatoes. Yes chuck it on top and serve it on a plate straight away. When you come home, it's a, a 15-minute dinner wow. real quick. And maybe a little bit of really good olive oil. Yeah, on top, top yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay. That. A little bit of pepper and chilli doesn't hurt either. Okay, that sounds good to me too. And the other tomato that was in the medley was this uh, rouge de marmalade. Now, different than the rouge de marmalade that hasn't got as many wrinkles. Okay. So still a softer skin. Very intense flavour, very thick flesh, not a lot of jelly. Mm. Not like the Rouge de Marmande, it's got more jelly in it. That's the, when you talk about the jelly, that's the, the stuff between the seed and the pulp. That's right. Pulpo. And a lot of people make right? a mistake. Pulpo. Thro- yeah, throw yeah. that out because that's where your flavour is. Okay, sorry, I'm just... just yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's good. Oh, okay. And I've got this wow. huge tomato here. Again, that's as big as your hand. Yeah, it's sitting in my John's got big I've got a big hands hand, too. Yeah. Believe me. In the olden days, the the older Greeks liked these really big tomatoes, but green, green, green. Mm. They go home, slice them up, and have a beautiful salad because they got sugar and the acid bas- Ooh, okay. balance. Balance together, yep. Because when they go red, they are all sugar. Yep. No doubts about it. Yep. And then we got the normal Murray Bridge tomato, and this one's a different variety. It's crunchy and it stays crunchy even for two weeks because mm. that's been picked about and ten days. And it's funny. This is such a different red too. Different like red. Like these are sort of red, sort of going to orange, aren't they? Yeah. And here? and when you cut them, sometimes you still got that iridescent seed which you yeah. like. Sort of reminds me when Michael Schumacher was racing. This was sort of his Ferrari red. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Motoring analogy for tomatoes. Broadbeans, they're still around. Yeah, this is hey, the last one. So Hello, my friend. These, um, one of the uh, agents down there got one of the boys up at uh, Shepparton that grows the beautiful little pink stripy eggplants mm. to put in a batch of late broadbeans for him. So um, we've got beautiful broadbeans. 
Uh, they're not real big. There's about six or seven beans in a pod, but beautiful, fresh, worth having another feed. I kind of like that size. Uh, what's that? About, uh, about, 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 about half a ruler? Yeah. Uh, 15 centimetres yeah. long? And now um, we've got the kings of asparagus. Yeah, yeah but these are Again. only a large. I had jumbos, and the jumbos thick like my thumb. They you, you flew keep, away. Why do I keep missing them? You keep telling me about the jumbos. Because you're too slow. Too slow. Too slow. Italians say... If you sleep, you don't catch the fish, mate. Yeah, you know, it's okay. like the bird that catches the worm. Where have all those snapper gone? They're gone, yeah. mate. Okay, well, so these are large. Yeah. Um, and I, we're, we're of the same thing. There's some things that we agree on, John. Actually, yes. there's quite a lot we agree on. But we like our asparagus to be on the bigger side rather than thin little yes. spears, yeah? Yeah, these are just the right size to brush mm. and put in the oven, mm. brush them with olive oil, put them in the oven, warm them through, yep. salt, a little bit of pepper, that's it. Yep. Beside a lovely steak or a bit of fish. Yep. Even a meal on their own. Yes. The lady bought the jumbos the other day. Joe couldn't believe it. She pulled one out of the bag, started eating it raw. And he said, that's weird. I said, no, a lot of people love them raw. Yeah. I don't. They I love them that. cooked. Yeah, me too. I, I like my... And, and that perfect cooked. You know, that just that tiny little bite to them. Yeah. Which is good. Do you reckon um, these go well with artichokes? Um, I don't know. Maybe the, sh- the sugar of the asparagus and the, um, the the sharpness of the artichoke might clash. But okay. yeah, you could try it. Give doesn't it hurt. Yeah. As you, as we always say, try it. You like it. You do it again. You don't like it. You don't you go, do it yeah, again. Well, that was, yeah, we'll, How's that sound? We'll never speak of it again. Fennel. Now we're finished with the winter variety, which is big, beautiful, bulbous, yeah. shiny. This is. Um, a cross between a medium-sized one and a large one and a made a baby. How do you work that out? Yeah. This small, um, the size of maybe your fist. Yeah. Um, beautiful green lispy weaves on top, which you can use with fish or yeah. in a soup or as uh, a garnish. On top of we normally salad. chuck them out. We don't. No, we don't I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to make a salad out of this. I've got oh, some definitely. blood oranges at home oh, left over. Life. So yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to just maybe even just. Blanch it briefly, briefly, just to touch it. I'm going to cut it as finely as I can, across ways like that. How does that sound? And then I'm going to add it with um, the blood oranges. Maybe one of those salad onions, if you've got one of those. Yeah, yeah, we've got be good. three or four varieties of salad onions. That's something we don't normally talk about either. Salad onions? Yeah. Why are they good? Well, see, a lot of people buy the red salad onions, yeah. and they're dry, and they've been out of the ground maybe two months. Mm. And we've got some fresh salad onions that look really vibrant and they're juicy. They've been picked a week. Yeah. Now, when you chop those up in a salad, you don't get that bite. Mm. A lot of times with the dry ones, you've got to slice them and put them in a bowl of water, let all that sulfur come out. Oh, yes. And yes. they're nice and sweet. Yeah. And then we've got two white varieties. One's around what we call a silver skin, which is for a salad. And we've got a big flat white onion, which is going out of fashion, which is rather tragic because it's a softer, sweeter onion. Yes. All you need is a dash of vinegar and a, a little bit of olive oil on the onion. You don't need to soak or anything, and yeah. it's as sweet as. And actually, in the olden days, they'd get the smaller ones, pull the cups out, fill it with vinegar, and then eat it. And that was good for you too, because the onion was sweet, and the ving- vinegar's good for the gut as well. That sounds good. And you know what? You can take a, a cross-section. If you take it like a really nice slice all the way across, you can just stick that on a burger. Oh, definitely. That's all right. Definitely. And yeah. even sit it on top of a steak with a bit of tomato on top of it yep. and stick it under the grill. 
we're full of good ideas for cooking today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Because I'm getting hungry. Breakfast, I'm yeah, hungry, I'm hungry too. Mate. I haven't eaten anything anyway. <laughs> so, so what are we eating as well? What else is good? Uh, we should probably get, get around to pick of the market, I think. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll tell you the what our pick was. over there? Were the capsicums yeah, pretty good? Yeah, there, there's um, two or three different types of caps, red capsicums in the market as well. Yeah. Um, I've got the big round variety that we normally get out of Queensland. Yes. Uh, then I've got a, a thinner skin, thinner flesh variety out of Mildura. Yeah. And we've got some out of South Australia as well. So everybody uh, has got their own preferences. Some are stronger flavour, some are sweeter flavour, mm. and different textures as well. So you can get out and pick those. They're all over the market. You'll see an abundance of them at school, excuse me, at this stage. Yeah. Uh, so they pick at the market, collies and broccoli, dime a dozen, beans. We started new season beans out of Mildura, a little bit dearer at the moment. We're selling... Um, at cost today, ten dollars. I've been selling thirteen. Can I do one little zucchinis because this is that time yeah, of year we get yeah. the zucchinis. Yes, that yes, amazing. Then we've got the new season zucchini out of Mildura, yeah. and that also means that someone might get generous and pick some zucchini flowers and send them down to us yeah. as well. Yeah, what do you put so, in those? Well, we just batter them and fry them, but yeah. people stuff them and fry them and. Um, do a lot of different things with Goat's them. cheese goes well yeah, with them. Yeah, it's amazing. You can do you, you've got to eat one to, to understand ah. how good they are. Yeah, they're amazing. They yeah. are, they are. They're one of the things we go hallelujah for, for spring, even though we're we're getting towards the end of it. God, we'll be talking about summer soon. Yeah, well, we're nearly there. It's going yeah. to be a hot one today and tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so tomato salad's definitely been on a go this week. Mm. We've pushed a heap of them out the door. Uh, we've got the new season Victorian garlic as well. It's still got the strap on end, so use that as well, the green bit. Yeah. Um, I think next week we'll have it without the green bit on the end, so make the most of it while you can. Um, everything else is pristine as well, so, you know, decide what you want to eat, come and have a look around, and um, go home and cook up a stop. Yeah, and take a mango home too. Oh, yeah. I bought some KPs yesterday. They're getting a little bit dearer. Uh, I paid $30 for 18 of them, but they're a little bit on the greener side. They'll sit on the bench and smell the house out. And they keep saying, come and eat me, come and eat me. That sounds good. Yeah, definitely. All right, mate. Uh, Do you like Prosecco? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Oh, we've got Melissa Brow, the Prosecco queen. She's coming on next here on 3 Triple RFM. Good to see you later, buddy. Sounds good. All the best. Enjoy. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Somebody else is saying. Let's drink. Cheers. That is. That is, gentlemen. Twelve forty-eight here in Three Triple RFM. We visited the world of snails. John got us hungry for lunch. I hope you're going out there and looking at the larder or thinking about where you're going to go. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> we got something for you to drink because it's Melissa Brother Prosecco Queen. A very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Hello. Or should I say salute? Ah, salute. And uh, we have. Oh, oh could I have done that any more bad. perfectly? <laughs> May have opened yeah. a few of those in my time. You might have done this before. Um, okay, maybe just in 30 seconds, just to get the obvious out the way. Um, in the old days, we used to drink champagne, but then a new kid came on the block, wasn't a new kid. What happened? Um, 
Prosecco became more and more um, readily available yeah. um, in Australia. Uh, people were travelling more and more, going yeah. over to Europe, drinking a lot of Prosecco, coming home going, oh, I wouldn't mind continuing having a bit of that beverage. And then I think the Australians, in particular the guys from the King Valley like um, Del Zotto and then Pizzini yeah. Brown Brothers did a massive marketing push to get the name Prosecco out there. Yes. That started being something people recognised. Oh, I know that winery. I'll probably try that wine. We'll give it a go. And then that started, you know, then people would go to Dan Murphy's looking for some more Prosecco, Prosecco. and start trying the, the Italian stuff, which luckily we're getting more and more of now of a higher quality. Mm. Um, so there's now a really big range for people to choose from. And we can also thank the uh, the demise of the tobacco industry in a way for the uh, popularity or the production of Prosecco here in this country. Definitely, yep. Yeah. So um, it started off up, up in the King Valley. All that land was um, tobacco farms. And then when that yeah. sort of waned, they all were sort of started getting contracts to grow grapes and then they would have a guaranteed um, buyer for them. Brown yeah. Brothers was huge in that. Um, and then once these winemakers had established themselves as being able to grow good grapes, they might have been doing Cabernet, they might have been doing Sauvignon Blanc or Chardonnay or Riesling, the things that were really popular in the 70s, they started getting, um, they started thinking a bit more about their heritage and what they used to drink back in Italy yeah. and started thinking, well, actually, this soil, this climate could be great for our Italian grapes that we used to And the time have. has come. And, yeah, and that's exactly how it started. You know, they started planting all these other grapes and then Otto Del Zotto had this brainwave where he went, oh. every time I go to Italy, I drink Prosecco and it's amazing. Why aren't I growing that in my own vineyard? It's perfect here. It's northeast Victoria. It's cool climate. We've got nice hills we can grow these grapes on. You know, a similar kind of um, uh, topography, if you like, to the Italian grapes where they're being grown and the rest, as they say, is history. Is history. Um, I'm keep, am I keeping you away from pouring some of that into a glass? Because we don't I'm, want to do that. That's, hey, that's the second one. Well, you didn't mess around with that so one. So, no. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing today, I'm, I've got two different styles of Prosecco and the thing that people don't often don't understand or realise is that there's not... Prosecco's not just one thing. No. It's not just, here's a bottle of Prosecco, drink that. Yeah. There's a number of different styles of Prosecco. Yes. Um, specifically, if you buy Italian Prosecco, it will say on the label what that style is. And what the style is is dependent on how much sugar is in that wine. So what are we looking for so here? Just, just like when you look at a bottle of champagne, it says brut. Yes. That actually denotes how sweet that wine is. And then if it's not, that says sec. That means it's sweeter. Sweeter. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So any champagne that says brut just means it's going to be within a certain sugar level and that range. Means, and that means that all the, the sugar has been all fermented out or there hasn't been that much added in the first place anyway. Correct. Yeah, right. Correct. Okay. So Correct. Prosecco is exactly the same in that there's, and to my knowledge off the top of my head, I can think of or eight different styles of Whoa. Prosecco in terms of sugar level that will start at zero sugar and go all the way up to sort of 25 to 28 grams of residual sugar. That's why they call you the Prosecco queen. Yeah. Uh, know that. So, and they all have different um, nomenclatures to them. They have all these different names. Yeah, they do. They so do. the most common ones here in Australia yeah. is Brut, just yeah, like brut. Champagne. And, and that means... the most dry? No. No. That's your sort of mid-entry-level drive for commercially available product. There we go. Um, it starts at zero dosaggio or brut natur, which means no 
none at all, no sugar. Colfondo, which Del Zotto's actually make now, as well as Vinaya Marson and Heathkit, that's the bottle fermented Prosecco, where it's um, a cloudy, unfiltered, um, you know, the original old school Prosecco. So this is what the hipsters are like, natural yeah, Prosecco. They love it. It's the like beardy ones. Pet nat Prosecco for dudes with beards. It's ice. It's yeah. so delicious. It's like, <laughs> tastes like a Cooper's a bit, or a bit like a cider, but it's really dry. Because it's got the leaves still in the, yeah, in the glass. Yeah, it's amazing. Literally, little chunks in the bottom of the bottle. Uh-huh. Um, so that's again zero sugar. What do we say that we're calling that? That's the colfondo. I just wanted to hear you say colfondo. that again. Oh my it means god! Did you write that down? Man? It means with on, the man. bottom. Yeah. Funnily enough, um, can I hear you say that, man? Colfondo. Hey, oh, hey. colfondo! Everybody all together yeah. out there in the car. Colfondo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then you've got an extra brute. Extra brute, which yeah. means it's a little bit sweeter than your zero but it's not quite a brute then you get to brute and here's where it breaks everyone's head extra dry oh my head just exploded so this is why people say i don't like prosecco it's too sweet that's right because you looked at the words extra dry in the bottle and And you you rightly assumed that would mean it's extra dry but no (laughs) but no no, it's not what it means is that when italians talk about wine sweetness they start at moscato which is super 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 sweet we're talking 65 to 80 grams of residual sugar yeah my god that's a lot don't give it to a diabetic so anything less sweet than that is dry Yes. Which, even though you come all the way down to like 25 grams of residual sugar, that's the one I have for breakfast with my pandoro on Christmas Day, my, my uh, Italian cake. Yes. Then it goes to extra dry, then it goes to brute, and then we're back down to zero again. So if you want a less sweet Prosecco when you're looking for your Christmas function drinks at yeah. the bottle shop, go for the brute. Yeah. And if you're looking for one that's slightly sweeter, you go for the extra dry. And what was that one way out of the, on the extreme? On the on the wing of the dry wing, oh, as in the very driest. What was that called? Again? Oh, it's called brut nature. Brut nature. Or zero. Nothing. Do, yeah. Or zero. No sugar. Zero dosaggio, which is the same as you know, no dosage. Zero dosage. Yeah, no yeah, sugar. got it. So I'm going to pour you. And don't forget calfondo. I'm going to pour you a little <laughs> bit of the brut now, so that you can try that, yep. and then back that up with the extra dry, so that you can have yep. an experience of. How those two are different. Can I just tell you, Matt took the tram today, so he's just ready to just pour it down <laughs> oh, his throat. I can he leave you the bottle, my friend. No, no, no. It, you just, it won't hit the sides much is what you're yeah, trying to say. I'll, I'll pass around. I'll pass around. Oh, you don't. I'm a professional, oh, man. I do there's no cameras in here. We're just pa- no, I'm oh, not no. even saying what we're happened. We're not passing over the panel. No, we're not doing that. No, that no, would no be... we didn't do that. that so which one is this? This is the Brut. Brut. So this has got oh. around seven grams of residual sugar, so it's still quite dry. Okay, first of all, it's being served in a tulip glass. It's It's a bit like a flute but um it's got it's a generous flute a wide bowl we like yeah. to call that and it's got this stem that plunges down so that the bead has somewhere to start from and i love exactly. that about the glass it's really pretty isn't it yeah, yeah they're the best the bowl is actually um wide there so you can actually allow the wine to oh, this open is the up plum. i love this plum yeah, champagne glass. they helped me out with the glasses for the prosecco festival and i absolutely love these i'm super dedicated so to this them. is this is a prosecco glass made by plum yes Oh, yeah, because yeah. I remember the flutes. They they actually sandblast. Yeah. They've got a little sandblasting. They have to. Yeah, and the reason that we have this shaped glass, so the tulip instead of the straight flute, is that that means there's more surface area in the glass so the air can get in, the wine can open up. Cause and, we, you, and you can smell it. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can get the aroma. It's like a flower. It's got to open up. And if you have a tiny flute opening, there's nowhere for that wine to breathe. And so you oh, can't right. actually experience it's it. It's dumb. Mm. It's dumbed down. 
Correct. What are you smelling? Tell us, tell um, us, tell us well, your notes. Well, this to me, this particular Prosecco to mm. me is the absolute epitome of a, a Valdobbiadene Quagliano Prosecco, which is the two <laughs> the two hills in the Veneto where the Do Prosecco is from. Valdobbiadene Quagliano. They're the two... Yes. Villages, yes. the Strada del Prosecco, the Prosecco Road runs between those and all of the Strada best vineyards. Prosecco. I know. Yes. Yeah. My favourite road yeah. in the world. Oh, right. um, in a Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Well, not if I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she no one wants to see that, especially yeah. not with Prosecco. Yes. Um, so the, they're the two names of the two towns, mm-hmm. and all of the Prosecco, the, the best Prosecco, comes from that area. That is pretty dry. And it's beautiful, and it's it's pear, and it's green apple, and mm-hmm. it's just beautiful and fresh, um, and it just smells like Italy to me. This is the, this is the perfect <sighs> Prosecco. What music's playing in the background? Should be something. Should be something gorgeous. Italian. Yeah, well, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, this is quite dry. So um, mm. we've got how many time? We've got about a, about a minute to try the plenty of time. The other one to uh, to do it, and you also have to tell us about the North stuff's going to be happening on the twenty third right. of February. Well, while I'm pouring this for you, mm. and not I will. T- can you want me to say that there is a prosecco festival that's going to be happening at Northcote Town Hall all day, and maybe yes. a disco at the end? Yeah, we're we're planning a little bit of a disco at the end. Yeah. Northcote Town Hall, 23rd of February. The guys at the city of Darabin are super excited and on board with this, and we are thrilled. It's going to be ace fun. We're going to have a whole heap of Italian wines, a whole heap of Australian wines, as many as we can possibly fit in the same place. Yes. And you basically get to taste everything, and then there'll be oysters and cheese and pizza and... A whole lot of delicious things that Good go times. with Prosecco, which is pretty much everything, if you ask me. It'd be La Dolce Vida, but uh, with, the, uh, with the Brut. Exactly. It's not, uh, not sweet. So here's your extra dry. There's a little note of wisteria, mm. some almond, little, almost a little bit of nectar kind of thing oh, going gotcha. on. Oh, gotcha. So in a more floral sort of uh, mm. thing, yep. yeah. it's just a little bit more floral. Exactly the same grapes, exactly the same winery and the same vineyard, right? So is that the glare of grape? Yes. Thank you. Initially, yeah. yes. Yep. Still called the Prosecco grape here. 30 seconds before we uh, move across to still here. But you can see how that's just got a little hint more of sweetness to it. Mm. But it's not by any means a sweet wine. It's not cloying. No, not at all. It isn't. Well, I like this with smoked salmon and goji cheese. I like that too. Mm. Um, Next time I'll bring some. How do we find you? Uh, au, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual places. All that stuff. Yeah. Been a delight to see you Thank as you always. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming in. Cheers. Matt, what a delight it was. Uh, likewise, uh, Declan's up next with Still Here. So stay Let, tuned on Triple R. Let's flip over to Studio 3 here on 3 Triple R FM. Don't go away. You'd be crazy to. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.